Welcome to HR Trends. I'm your host, Claire Morin. Today, we're discussing best practices in COVID-19 return to work planning. We have on the show today, Melissa Peters, who is special counsel at Littler Mendelssohn. So welcome, Melissa. Thank you, Claire. Nice to be here. Yeah, thanks for joining us. And just because we do have a lawyer on the show today, a disclaimer, this program is not intended to constitute legal advice. It's for general educational purposes only. If you need legal advice, please do contact your own attorney. So, Melissa, you have a strong background. Having worked for Cal OSHA for six years, you were part of the leadership team at Littler Mendelssohn that ran the COVID-19 response. And of course, you are advising employers across the country. Could you tell us, having done the survey of of a thousand employers and their return to work strategy, what are some of the key insights you found after doing the survey? So something that's been uh, on the front of the minds of most employers, depending upon where they're located geographically, is whether or not uh, to return their employee workforce to the office and or whether or not they have been operating during this time. Um, Obviously, depending upon whether or not you're an essential worker and have been operating through the course of the pandemic or a non-essential Um, and considering bringing people back to the office, the the considerations are somewhat similar. Um, Of course, it's important to note that while the CDC has been the default for us, the the sort of lighthouse guiding light throughout this time, um, given OSHA's somewhat lack of guidance, um, it's important to note that employers and businesses should follow and adhere to any guidance um, or regulations or orders handed down by the state, county, or city where they're located. Um, So, you know, something that everyone is thinking about is how are we going to bring people back to the office? And once they're there, what do we need to be concerned about? Um, First of that is cleaning. Um, about, I think, 78% of the employers we surveyed plan to reopen workplaces within the next three months. Um, And along with that, of course, is going to be coming, or excuse me, along with that is going to come an increased cleaning regimen. Um, About 90% of the employers we spoke to said that they will be increasing cleaning measures. Uh, About 87% of the employers we spoke with said that they'll be limiting contact in common areas among the employees. About 86% of the employers we spoke with said that they will be using face coverings or other protective gear uh, to reduce exposure to the virus among employees. And about 78% of the employers we spoke with said they'll be modifying workspaces to maintain safe distances and ensure that social distancing um, requirements are met. Right. And what about, what are their, some of their concerns? It, I was really struck by uh, a majority. It seemed like the number one concern people were worrying about was actually uh leave of absence entitlements. Um, Second concern was unsafe working conditions and then workers' compensation and employee privacy. I was really struck by leave of absence entitlements being the number one concern. 
Yes. I mean, we found that, uh, you know, about 68% of the employers we spoke with were concerned with leave of absence entitlements. Um, and, and this is something that obviously is also going to be dictated by where uh, your facility or office locations are in the country as everyone else is in, you know, every state is in a different um, sort of stage of reopening. Uh, and certainly, you know, with it being summer, there's likely going to be childcare issues for a lot of employees. Um, certainly with the school closures and summer camp closures, that's something I think that is everybody's concerned about um, is the childcare issue and how that may impact uh, employees' ability to return. Right. And and just as a side note, please do, if you're listening to this uh, and who have concerns around leave of absence, uh, previous episodes, Ellen McCann, who's our leave expert at Unum, one of them, she, she we dive into a lot of that um, best practices. Um, so, uh, Melissa, what are, in terms of what are the primary issues then you're discussing with a lot of clients, you know, their strategies of return to work, um, is there any, you know, guidance you've been pointing them towards? Well, certainly there is, you know, in in the occupational safety and health world, we operate under basic the basic legal framework that we're operating under right now is, is the general duty clause. And that's because the majority of industries outside of, say, the healthcare industry don't really have any directly applicable OSHA regulations that apply uh, in the pandemic. So everybody is operating under what is known as the general duty clause, and that is an employer's requirement and duty to provide a safe and healthy workspace to its employees and also to protect against known hazards that could result in a serious injury or illness to those employees. And of course here, that serious um, hazard that could result in a serious illness or injury as defined under OSHA regulations and standards is exposure to COVID-19. So certainly employers are very concerned with doing what they can to eradicate exposure incidents in the workplace. And as a result of that, are trying to think of ways that they can shift the physical environment as well as implement administrative uh, protocols, measures, procedures, that also shift in line with the the changing um, local or county regulations to provide an environment where their employees are going to be, quote unquote, safe and healthy. Such a helpful perspective. I wonder, kind of in closing, uh, is there any key best practice you would share with our audience? Anything you would kind of recommend that they keep on top of amid this bewildering situation for many employers? Yeah, certainly, Claire. And I mean, and, and that's exactly it. It is. It's bewildering because the landscape is constantly changing. The regulations are changing. The local guidance, the state guidance, is changing constantly. And in the absence of any sort of direct and clear guidance from regulatory bodies like OSHA, it becomes even more confusing um, for employers, certainly with multiple work sites, to comply uh, and keep their employees safe. Something that I would really uh, recommend doing um, is is for employers to keep very uh, vigorous, robust, and healthy uh, notes and or records of all the measures that they are taking and the, the procedures that they are implementing to keep their employees safe. And by that, I mean, you know, creating contact tracing logs in the event of an exposure incident, um, 
you know, keeping cleaning logs, like how often the office is being cleaned um, and what, what the cleaning protocols are. I would also recommend, you know, just doing like a daily walk around, if you will. Um, other industries that are used to dealing with this high hazard industries, they call them job hazard analysis or, or, or site walks. And it would just be as simple as walking around, you know, the office space or the facility and making sure that all the social distancing protocols are in place. You know, are there markers on the floor to make sure people are reminded to stay six feet apart? You know, are certain workstations decommissioned? Have common areas sort of been, you know, limited and, and eradicated to the extent that they're not going to, you know, create a a grouping ground for people to, to sort of congregate. Uh, things like that, I think, are going to be incredibly helpful for employers going forward with an eye on potential lawsuits or claims of liability for a failure to uh, protect employees against the hazard of the virus. That's such helpful, clear wonderful uh, insights. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I know you're incredibly busy. Um, we will be linking to the report from our show description so that anyone listening can go um, over to Little Mendelssohn and, and download it. So thank you, Melissa, so much for coming on the show. Certainly, Claire. Thank you for having me. Unum is a registered trademark and marketing brand of Unum Group and its insuring subsidiaries.